Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. What is up? Welcome to episode 205. Thanks so much for listening. It means so much to me. If I brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you want to hear more of and please be sure to share the podcast. I'm truly grateful for your support. Thank you. The average person spends $18,000 a year on non-essentials, but only $3,600 a year on personal development. Our mind is our most powerful tool. It's time to start investing in it. Learn exactly how to change what you think, believe, and feel, and get past self-limiting beliefs that may have been holding you back for years. Start investing in your most valuable asset your mind. Join 143 other students that have already pre-enrolled in my Mindset Bootcamp course. Click the link in the show notes to pre-enroll today. Today we have another special guest that joins the pod, Jason Harris. Jason's the co-founder and CEO of Mechanism, an award-winning creative advertising agency whose clients include Ben & Jerry's, Peloton, OkCupid, Molson Coors, and Alaska Airlines. He's also the author of the best-selling book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion. Jason has been named in the top 10 most influential social impact leaders, as well as the four A's list of 100 people who make advertising great. On top of all of this, his methods are studied in cases at Harvard Business School. Jason and I dive into the four principles of persuasion, how persuasion is viewed as a dirty word, and Jason shares why it's not. And finally, we discuss the playbook to win over others. I hope you all enjoy our conversation. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. I brought on Chris Voss. I actually got Chris Voss on the, the the podcast, which was like pulling teeth to get his agent to to have him on. But he was an amazing guest too. And I'm 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 curious, Jason, behind 
you know, the, what you're doing. So you have this award-winning creative advertising agency called Mechanism, right? You're the co-founder and CEO of this. You push out this book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion, which I love the name of this. I know something that you share within this book is I think for lack of a better term here, a sub principle, and that is of persuasion, which is storytelling, this kind of singular language that all of us humans understand. We, we throw out everything when it comes to someone telling us a story, whether we know it's a bad financial decision or whatever it might be, because we're bought into the, this story, there's emotions that are intertwined in this. What was, what was the story of yours? I'm super curious that led you to create this advertising agency and inspired you to, to write this book. So, yeah. So, you know, I have, I sort of looked back on my career. Chris Voss, by the way, I love the Never Split the Difference. Was a remarkable, right? It's really a great, a great book that I think his experience as an FBI negotiator. I mean, it was just uh, only only someone with that experience can really, I think, pull off that book and and make it feel new and modern. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was great and perfect for your podcast, but. I I really look back at my career in advertising, which to me is sort of the when you're when you're working for a brand and you're trying to sell something to a consumer, it's really to me the 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 very top of the persuasion funnel. You know, it's like that is the hardest thing to do because you have to come up with a concept, a story. You have to sell it to a client. They have to sell it to their CEO. Then you have to sell it to the audience and then you have to track and see if it works or not. But it is all, you know, whether it's your story, the story of your podcast, whether it's individual or a company or a brand, everything is about storytelling and the human mind relates to stories. And that's what's sticky, like stories are sticky, facts and data and logic are not sticky. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you just in the old way of, of advertising or persuading, you would you would just sort of list bullet points or facts. And that's not really memorable. What's memorable is a story. And I think the the idea behind people or brands, it's not it's not just what you're selling. It's why are you selling it? Why did you have the idea? What's the soul or the the whole purpose or the the thrust behind you or your brand or your company. And that's what people gravitate towards, you know? So when you want to make a point to your audience or to someone else, you really have to transport them through emotion and through narrative, not through logical facts or arguments. So storytelling is a, is a key element in, in persuading people um, to, you know, like your brand over another brand or listen to your podcast versus someone else. So the story of the person or the company is really important, but I started, um, and you may have heard me talk about this before, but I, I really was my journey in, into advertising when I was a kid, this is pretty unique, but when I was a kid, 13 or 14 years old, um, both my parents were teachers. And so they were avid readers. They, were home a lot. They, you know, that's what they like to do. They like to learn by reading. And I really learned by experience. I learned by going out in the world. So I was 
very different than my parents. I don't know if I was subconsciously rebelling against <laughs> the way they learned and I wanted to learn a different way. But um, I, I just remember as a young kid being drawn to advertising that it will, you know, happened in between the shows I was watching and I try to break down if the, you know, life cereal commercial convinced me that I should want life cereal or if, you know, selling that GI Joe action figure made me want to buy it or whatever it was or the book or the movie. And so I was always critically thinking about messaging and persuasion, even as a young kid. And I always knew that I wanted to go into advertising since before I went to college. And so that was sort of my path. And, and the other thing that really happened to me is I was drawn to the band Kiss when I was growing up and Kiss is, uh, you know, people might know that, but they were really big in the seventies and eighties. And they, <clears throat> they played when they first started out in Brooklyn, they would play, uh, in bars where they would get like three or four people there and their music's not that great, but then they started wearing makeup and they created characters and they created the demon and the star child and the cat and they created a backstory and they always stayed in this mythology that they created and they were no longer uh, just these guys from, you know, Brooklyn, they became this other thing they became like a story they became a brand and that brand led them from playing you know in bars where they couldn't get anyone to you know having like a ton of gold records and being one of the best selling artists of all time and they created everything from um you know kiss condoms to kiss coffins to everything in between they could mm -hmm. slap their their name on and they became you know, really like a marketing empire. And so that there was something in that, the way they persuaded me to like pour through their albums. And I became part of the Kiss Army, which is like a membership community group. Um, and, you know, I, I don't listen to them like, I don't like their music now. But at the <laughs> time, at the time, I was just fascinated by how they persuaded me through mythology and storytelling and they all they had backstories for their characters and i was just really into it and so subconsciously that sort of is is you know they persuaded me through their narrative mm -hmm. and through their storytelling and i was really into them when i was growing up i love you know it's interesting that you say this because one i didn't actually even think about that that transfer of a approach with kiss but you know i see this with a a lot of creators to nowadays more specifically maybe newer ones where they're starting out with nothing it's like well what do i have to offer other people and i've seen this interesting shift that well everybody has something to offer but what i think is important is being able to create a platform that connects you with those like so for for example with this podcast the reason I started this is because back in 2015, I received a text that changed my life. And and that text was that, you know, my best friend had been shot. And I was getting this text through another best friend. And I wave of emotions, but I thought to myself, okay, let's he was an avid outdoorsman. Maybe there was an accidental discharge. He shot himself in the arm or leg or or something like that. And unfortunately, a few minutes later I found out that no, he had he had taken his own life. 
And oh, wow. for a good year and a half, maybe two years, I spent a ton of time and energy saying, how could I not see his pain? How did I not understand this? Why did I spend more time with him? How could I have I have prevented this, all of these things. So I picked it, did therapy for a year and a half, two years. Best thing I can recommend to anybody, anybody, because mental health, most important thing in this world. And what I realized through that journey was that what I needed to do was not spend this time clawing back the past and trying to undo or blame myself for things. What I needed to do was create a platform lean into a medium to help share my journey, my experience, and help those in darkness. And that's in 2018, towards the end of 2018, in October, where I decided I want to do a podcast for exactly that. I want to help those in darkness, those that are struggling to find their light, struggling to gain elevation and shift their perspective on the world and the possibilities and do exactly that. And so at first, I struggled to understand, well, what can I offer people? And what I was able to offer and still am able to offer people is experience, the, the journey that I went through. And it's very interesting because as humans, we're, we all run very parallel lives to some extent, whether it be through a childhood experience or trauma or you know a, a relationship, whatever it may be, there's some sort of cross there. So it's very interesting that that ecosystem of storytelling and what it does to, I don't want to use the word buy people in because you're not buying people in. You're, it's relatable. They understand you. You're human. And I see a ton of brands now starting to shift from this rigid building, metaphorically speaking, to building more of a story and more of a human-esque uh, around their brand, which I think is an interesting trend that has continued to just compound. Yeah, that's right. I think brands are becoming more relatable and more human to connect with the audience. And I think mm -hmm. that's really important. And I think a lot of what you said on the, on the idea behind the podcast and the motivated mind is, and it was kind of my own journey in building a company and understanding about navigating persuasion is you can train your mind to think differently then maybe the way you're naturally came out of the womb or your through your experiences uh your mind has developed you can actually change the way you think and it can become habitual with practice over time and i had to do that in building my company and and that's why i really wanted to come out with a book and talk about these four principles that i believe in because some of those principles that I believe in that are good for personal character and to build businesses as an entrepreneur. Some of those I had naturally, and some of those I had to identify and practice. So they became part of me, mm -hmm. but they weren't initially part of me. Like, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, the, the first one about being yourself and being comfortable in your own skin and being a storyteller and really that, that principles around being original, you know, cause you're only, there's only one of you and how do you connect with other people by being vulnerable, understanding, you know, role models, what motivates you really understanding, uh, you know, to thy own self be true. That, that I was a little, that naturally was, was who I was, but mm -hmm. the second one, for example, is around generosity 
and having a generous character and whether you're an individual or a company or a brand, these, these same principles apply, but I was not born a a generous person. Mm -hmm. I had to, I had to identify that that's an important mindset and skill and I had to develop it. Mm -hmm. And once you develop that over time, it becomes part of who you are and and then it becomes natural, but you can, you, you know, it's just like building a muscle. You can build it, but you have to be conscious of it, know the end goal, and then develop it. And so the way I did that, um, and my business became much more successful when I identified these principles and then started to embody them. The, the first step is identifying the values, who you want to be, how you want to put yourself out in the world, and identify, you know, for me, it was four, like, um, um, I don't have the, you know, I, I can't keep that many things in my head. So I limited it to like, these are my four values mm-hmm. and I'm going to identify them and I'm going to embody them and I'm going to practice them. And the first step is really a understanding where you're trying to get to. And once you identify those values, then you start to practice them and then they become habits. And That's- so those four, those are my four. And I even like, I have, I've created symbols for them. That's I tattooed awesome. them on my arm. They're, 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 you know, the subsections of my book, but I really made them part of who I was and it became my character. Like that's who I am now. But mm-hmm. just like any, anything, the troubled mind can be changed, but you have to identify where you're going before you can change anything. And that that's like the hardest step is identifying it. And then once it's identified, you can start to live it. Well, it's it's interesting because when I when I saw the tattoo on your arm, and I know I think it's on your Twitter uh, cover there, yeah, yeah, as yeah, the icon, yeah. same ones in the book. They've become it's become your your compass, and yeah. it's just like a business. If a business doesn't have core values, the things that it truly believes in, and and breathes and lives them every day. That compass is unique to each of us, but once you get to define what that compass is, north, south, west, east, so on and so forth, it makes also decisions very easy. The type of people you're looking to engage with, the network, who you want to work with, partners, all of these different things because there is no wavering off of this compass. That That is what you've defined as who you are, what you want to become more of, what your daily practice is, and you're spot on that it's a struggle for most people to define that in the first place. But what's more of a struggle is going through life and hitting 75 and sitting out on your deck, your porch or whatever, and saying, shit, I wish I defined what those things were. And I think there's this also component. I believe you talk about this too, as well around long-term or short-term versus long-term. And there's this, this need as humans, as creatures for this like instant gratification, like take, or I want to see results right now. But the other part, and I'd love for you to elaborate here, of this compass is that you make decisions that are predicated off of long-term giving before you have this idea that, well, I need something out of somebody because it comes back in the long run. You have no fucking clue how it comes back, but it does come back every single time. It comes back in much more profound and larger ways than what you're giving but 
yeah, when I when I started my business or even when I work with CMOs at brands, right? The natural tendency is to be transactional or mm-hmm. to worry about success quarter to quarter and worry about your numbers. But the greatest brands in the world, they are built over time and they have a long-term view. And not that short-term gains are don't matter in building a brand or a business or your into whatever individual goals you have. It's just that you have to have your eye on the long term. And when you're transactional in your thinking or your approach, you will never have short-term transactional thinking does not build long-term meaningful relationships. But <clears throat> that idea of you know have a chapter in the book called never be closing because we're taught as business builders to always be closing and close every deal. And that short-term transactional thinking will have some success, but you'll burn out your relationships. People will start to see through you and they know you're just trying to get something from them versus building long-term meaningful relationships in a network. Like if my company is not right for a job, I'll, I'll let them know that and I'll turn them on to a company that might be better suited. And maybe I'll even let that company know I'm sending you, you know, this, this client or this potential opportunity. They will then, I'll provide good, I'll put goodwill out there. They will then send more business to me. This client will refer another client to me because you have their best interests at heart, not your, not just your interest. And so in building a business, that, that idea of generosity, um, you know, I would, I would sort of hoard my, uh, contacts and my network and it was like a zero-sum game versus this idea of of you know your network and your relationships long term that's where the value is and so that that's something I had to practice and learn because it wasn't the way I operated from go mm. I had to really learn that yeah 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 pa- patience is a is a big ingredient to that mixing pot of success in that long-term picture that you build. And you're right. It's interesting that this used to be the way of business and the the shift of of this behavior amongst individuals and businesses has been, I feel like, a, a landfall that's happened more and more rampantly, whether it be because people are seeing the value in it or they say, well, this is just better all around for everybody, to your point of sharing a contact or sharing a potential client saying, this just isn't a fit for us. And I think it's it's kind of like um i know some business owners are against this idea of like well god forbid your your team members are working on a side project or or they go somewhere else it's like wouldn't i want their best interest in mind because when they leave go somewhere else and say this leader the leadership over there was remarkable because they let me chase my dreams and the thing that actually drove happiness for me. And then they go out, who knows, they tell someone else it's the best place that you could work. Leadership over there actually has the best interest of its people in mind. And you bring on some amazing individuals that you might have not been able to bring on long-term had you not taken that approach. So it's just very interesting, this ecosystem that's starting to shift in the business world and just in society in general. Yeah, definitely. And there's also, I love nothing more than when we have uh, boomerang employees. So they'll leave and we'll say, Hey, you're, you're always welcome back here. They'll go somewhere else and try it out and um, come back and say, you know what, I, I'm glad I had that experience, but I, I liked working here 
more. And I think that that's that says a lot about the place and making sure you keep that relationship when they're leaving. And who knows, they could come back or they could give you a referral or, you know, it's, it's really just putting out that positivity and cultivating a sense of gratitude and, and the best interest of, of people. And that's something that I, that's something I had to learn too over time. And I had to say, that's the best way to be a leader versus feel like someone leaving was like in a personal assault on me and the company, mm-hmm. which might be a natural reaction, but you have to really overcome that. And so at getting away from business and talking more about, you know, the, the reason why you started the podcast and your friend, p- part of developing your core values or your compass is really, it is looking long-term and it's not looking at the material or the transactional or the short ter- short-term and saying, I wish I had more money. I wish I was better looking. You know, I wish I had those shoes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. whatever it might be that you feel like you're not, um, you're comparing yourself to others. It's really, what are your core values and what are your core values for the long term? And then when you identify those and you live those, that's when really great things in your life start to happen. And like you said, you make decisions easier. You know who to partner with. Ideas come to you quicker because you have a benchmark and you're not sort of uh, pinball machining around, you know, maybe, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe this is the way I want to operate. Maybe tomorrow I want to operate a different way. You have this real sense of strength mm-hmm. because you've identified that those values that won't change. And you realize those values are way more important than monetary gains or, you know, transactional uh, ways you're going and you start to compare yourself less to other people and you compare yourself more to those long-term values and identifying them believe it or not we kind of have those innately in us uh, not necessarily that we're acting on them the way we want to but we sort of know the way we want to what our personal character should be for us and the way we want to be perceived by the world and you have to sort of unearth them and I, like you said, you talked about therapy. I love therapy and I've been in therapy, you know, on and off for, you know, probably the past decade. Mm-hmm. And I think one, one form of therapy that I started doing a couple of years ago is, uh, I don't know if you've ever tried group therapy. No, I haven't. It's, it's not group therapy where what you might think of, like everyone's an alcoholic or everyone has lost a parent or it's not a group with the same um, sort of issue they're trying to overcome or story. It's really about 10 strangers that meet once a week. And what you learn through that is how to tap into your emotions, how the world perceives you, how you're coming across to others, whether people are find you as an authentic person or not. And then how you perceive other people and the stereotypes and the archetypes you might plan in your brain about people when you first meet them. And it's really learning skills on how to connect with other people. And if you're coming across into the world the way you want to. And so it's been really, really beneficial for me to work on that. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really a, a, 
oh, a strange journey, but fun one. Good for you. That's a that's uh, that's a, that's a beautiful share because you know we were kind of touching upon this a little bit earlier, but there's so much crossover. The the challenge is that nowadays, ninety nine point eight percent of people online are not sharing their struggles, not sharing, right. not being vulnerable, not sharing you know the the trauma that they're going through or that they have been through, and that is starting to change, which is really cool to see because I think as we age and 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 social media which i think is a beautiful thing anything can be used for for good or bad let's just put that out there and be specific with that but when you grow up and you're surrounded by this technology and everything's you know on the beach or just got a new car all these other things you don't see the struggles that they went through their dad or mom being sick or failing out of college or just got in a horrible car accident or an injury that set them back or they they couldn't go and play college football whatever it is people aren't normally touting those things online so I can imagine that in that group therapy, what's very interesting too, is you start to realize, wow, you know, we're not different. We're not all that different as human beings. We get dressed the same way. We go through very similar experiences, face similar trauma. And I think this really needs to be put on a, a, a podium and spoken more as individuals and, and shared because it's, it is normal to go through these things. That is life. It's struggle. It's turbulence. And there's a saying that a quote that I love, and it's that smooth seas never made a skilled sailor. And when you start to go through those ports that are turbulent and the sails all over the place and the bow of the ships being hit by waves, you start to realize, wow, you know, a challenging life is not a bad life. A challenging life is a really good life because I understand back to your point about shifting your mindset that challenges allow me to exercise the strongest thing on my body and that's my mind. And if I can exercise that and understand the power and the good of it, then that means that the next challenge that I face, I'll be better prepared to surpass or bust through that thing. And it will also help me to you know, accelerate to that next thing, that compounded growth. I love that. I, I, I always think about that, <clears throat> that, you know, there's no growth in comfort. And mm-hmm. when you're always comfortable and there's always smooth sailing, you're not growing, mm-hmm. you know, you're plateauing. And so those challenges that we all face, those are really to our advantage. They make us better people. Right. And I think when you think about it that way, and, you know, obviously when you have a challenge on top of a challenge on top of a challenge, it can get overwhelming. Right. But when you get through the other side, you're transformed and you come out a better person. And, you know, I've, when I look back on a lot of the challenges I've gone through, I, I'm thankful for them because they made me much stronger and Mm -hmm. it's hard to identify at the time. Right. When you, when you're, when you're going through it. Right. Yeah. You're, you're spot on. Well, Jason, I, uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your wisdom, your knowledge. Where can people find your book? I'm going to be purchasing this because I love some of the lessons that you have packed in here. And I feel like it's 2022. It's not 1990, um, which I love. It, it, it It's for the new age. It's for the new age. Yeah, it's it's really almost a, have you read um, <clears throat> How to Win Friends and Influence People? Yes, I actually it's have a, the book right uh, over there. It's amazing book, Dale Carnegie's classic. And I... This is a, a a little bit of, for me, a, a modern spin on it of where the world is today. Mm. And um, it really was 
was created around um, the, the principles that I've developed and, and hopefully it can help people. There's, there's really fun stories in there as well, but uh, you can find out anywhere books are sold. It's on Amazon, the soulful art of persuasion. My website is the soulful If you want to read up more about it. And then uh, you can find me on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and my, my handles at Jason underscore Harris. Awesome. And I'll, cool. and I'll link you in the, the show notes. Uh, I appreciate this, man. I was excited because of your background, what you've built and kind of this piece around persuasion big time, because your mindset is, is very different than a lot of people in, in old school way of doing business. And especially yeah. with the sales team, it's like, I always say shortcuts lead to short success. Always think long-term because if you think long-term, everything else just hops on the train, all the carts behind it. And if you keep on focusing on that main cart, everybody starts jumping on board. Um, and that's so where true. you build an empire. Um, I, and it's in, so true. And, yeah. and one other, one other note on that, cause I, I love that idea is the, you know, that famous quote, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yep. This is, this is my uh, second company. And I have partners. And when I started my first company, I didn't have any partners. So there was no collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I burnt, I did go fast, but I burnt out really quickly. And mm-hmm. when you start to find collaborators to work with, you can, can you have stamina mm-hmm. and you can go much farther uh, than you can alone. That's, that's another thing that I learned. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the four principles of persuasion with Jason Harris. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the motivated underscore mind and on Facebook at the motivated mind podcast. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all and thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a legacy division.